right, brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn and the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I'm glad you're here with me. It's Saturday morning, early, and today's going to be a great day because we're moving my son back home from college, so I'm excited about that. We get to drive down to Auburn and um, pack up a couple of cars and bring him on back, and then he'll be here for 10 days and then off uh, to be a camp counselor all summer. So I'm excited about that. And so before we got going this morning, before people, uh, Ali and Miriam woke up in our house and got going, I wanted to record this last podcast episode from um, this small little series that I've done just talking about the way, Jesus as the way. And the whole thought behind this that I had was that you know, we read that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and and how like that is such an incredible statement that he made in the book of John. And so, what does it mean that Jesus is the way? And I really do believe that he is not only the way to salvation, but he is the way to sanctification and to a life of purity. It's not necessarily uh, tactics and strategies, which is where our mind first wants to go. What do I need to do? Um, but it's mainly about who I need to become. And becoming is all about um, believing the truth of God's word, in my opinion, right? So believing promises, believing what God says is true about us, changes and shapes our identity and our identity and the story that we tell ourselves, the narrative of who we believe ourselves to be absolutely impacts what we do. And what we do produces fruit or the results of our life. And uh, for guys who are listening to this, uh, who struggle with pornography, we have to admit that the fruit that we've been producing is based on our beliefs based on what we truly do believe. And a lot of that comes from who we see ourselves to be. And, you know, we're not going to go into it in this episode, but a lot of things that happened to us in our past help shape the narrative of our life and, um, and absolutely has had an impact on what we do. So just think about this, how you were raised, how you saw your father and your mother interact shaped the way that you interact with people or interact with your spouse if you're married and listening to this. So let's get into this. Jesus is the way. So we looked at the way is uncommon and we looked at the way is uncomfortable, right? So Paul made this incredible statement. I just glanced over it this morning. I can't even remember exactly. I think it was in second Corinthians or first Corinthians. This this small little statement that he made when he said, I die every day. I die every day. That's, you know, it's easy to breeze over that, but literally we could spend weeks thinking about that because the life of Christ and the life of the believer in Christ is a daily dying and a daily rebirth. Like you, you must die every single day. You must take up your cross every single day. This is not, this is not optional. 
And for so many of us, we, we want to, like, we don't want to die because it's, it's maybe it's not all that comfortable, but it's definitely uncommon. And so finally, so the way is uncommon, the way is uncomfortable. And finally, the way is unstoppable. So why do I say unstoppable? Why would I say the way is unstoppable, right? It's because the man who's found Christ to be his all-sufficient way, his one and only truth, the abundant life will bear fruit to the glory of God. That's what it means to be unstoppable. So let's look at Mark 4, verse 8. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. So this is the word of God planted in us, the word of Christ. We're talking about Jesus is the way. Jesus is also the word. And so the sower sows the word. And verse 20 of chapter 4 says, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So Mark shows us that the word of truth planted and cultivated in our hearts will not die, but bear fruit. So think about it this way. There's a progression here. There's a hearing, there's a nurturing, and there is a bearing. That is the natural course of the unstoppable life. Psalm 1 says this, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. So Psalm 1 shows us that the unstoppable fruit in a believer's life does not come in the life of a person who is walking or standing or sitting with the enemies of God. And brothers, how often have we, how often have we been sitting down in a chair with our phones, with a computer screen, with a TV, looking at porn, which is the manifestation of the enemy of God. Like created by the great deceiver, the father of all lies. That's what porn is. And so when we sit in the seat of scoffers, or we walk in the way of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, is that not a description of what porn is? Yet the man who is nurtured by the word of Christ will find that he bears fruit, no matter the outward conditions, because he's planted by the riverbed that always nourishes through deep, deep roots. No withering leaf, no barren tree, only fruit. I'm going to read this other passage that speaks to this as well, but 
actually even gives uh, another warning. So Jeremiah 17, 5 says this, and I'm going to keep reading through verse 10. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. So brothers, when you think about your life of faith, when you think about your spiritual life, does, is this what describes it? Like a shrub in the desert? Like is your spiritual life, does it feel like you're dwelling in parched places of the wilderness and an uninhabited salt land, like always living with regret, going to porn over and over and over again, never bearing fruit in your spiritual life, not work, fruit. Verse seven says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Like Jesus is the way to bearing fruit that is eternal and unstoppable. Jesus said it himself. He said in John 15, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying, when you abide in me, you're like this tree planted by streams of water that's always bearing fruit. No matter when the heat comes, no matter when the drought comes, you're bearing fruit. So much potential in your life, brothers. So much fruit that Christ desires to produce through you for his glory and your joy. Yet porn produces parched places while Christ produces fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. So I would say, look at your life. Are you living in the light of God's word, finding him to be your truth? Like, are you doing that? Like, just be honest with yourself. What, what does your spiritual life, like what, how are you consuming the word of God? How are you consuming the word of God? And so like I was talking with a brother um, recently, we went out and had dinner and uh, his name is Jason. And we were just talking about, um, I just asked him, you know, tell me about your um, kind of what you're doing as far as uh, your quiet time in the morning. So he gave me, you know, he told me what he does. And I just had, you know, some, based on my experience, I was giving him some thoughts to consider. And I know that based on my life, like I can't get up and spend 30 minutes doing my quiet time. Like there, there's no way, like to me, like I know myself well enough that if I'm not setting an hour to an hour and a half aside, then man, I am going to drift away. And so just like he and I were talking, I would ask you, what does your time alone with the Lord look like? 
Like be honest with yourself. Are there days where you just like totally skip and say, well, I'm too busy today. I've got to get to work. Brothers, it must become not just a habit. Habits are good. But what's the, what's the step above a habit? It must become an addiction. Like I'm not, when I do my quiet time, whether I'm on vacation or whether I'm at home, whether I have an early morning at work or whether no matter what, like it's not by works that I'm doing. I'm not trying to earn my, like earn God's favor. I'm going there because I know I need him. Like if I don't plant my roots first thing in the morning in the riverbed and drink in, drink in the word of truth, then my day is going to look a lot different. I want to keep going in Jeremiah because there's a warning here and we're going to talk just a little bit about it because like he paints this picture. He's like, Hey, cursed is the man who does this. Blessed is the man who does this trust in the Lord. And then he goes on in verse nine. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Now, that should be sobering to us. And I started thinking about that. I was like, the heart is deceitful. The heart is deceitful. Where, where can I, like, is there other passages that I can look at? And so I was looking in and immediately I thought about, actually, I thought about James and, and there's passages in James. I'm just going to kind of walk through some of these real quick. James one, eight says like, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So this man is deceived. James 1.16, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James 1.26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So James knew how easily we can be deceived. Like, think about that. How are the ways, how in your life have you seen how easily it is to be deceived? And what is one of the things, one of the ways that we can be, to be deceived? And that is being hearers only of the word of God and not doers. Like, just hearing, never doing. Just listening never acting, never truly learning, never truly growing in wisdom. And so there's this contrast here in James, because James talks about this double-minded man, this person who's deceived, deceived in his heart, all of these things. But yet there's, a, there's something else in mind that he wants to communicate to us. He's like, you are going to face trials and tribulations in life. 
that we, we need to understand that we're going to find, we're going to be in the pit of life. 100%. We are going to find these pits. He says, but he says, you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So he had said, count it all joys, brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Because guess what? God is working in you to produce something that is, that is eternally beneficial to you, and that is a steadfast spirit. James 1.12, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. James 1.25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not just a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So there's four references right here in the first part of James to being to a man being deceived or double-minded, and there's three references to being steadfast or unmoved. And so this points out the fact that men are prone to self-deception. Many of you, just like me in my past, many of you will go to church and you'll hear and you'll agree and you'll leave and you'll never do. You'll never confess your sin to one another. Like so many times we think we're someone when we're not. We think we've achieved something when we haven't. Like we are prone to drift away. And so one of the things that God desires to produce in you is this steadfast spirit that is hoping and trusting. And what does it do, this steadfast spirit? It produces faith, that produces courage to not only hear, but to do, act. Like God is after endurance and growth in your life. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I sedated with learning. That's how we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves by thinking that by listening to a podcast or going to church and listening to a sermon or listening to praise music or something that we're growing, but we're not because we're just listening and never learning. We're just listening and never doing. So we're sedating with learning and never living. So your trials, your pits, your like situations, difficult circumstances in life are meant to teach and train and transform you. So why? so that you can grow into the image of Christ, so that you can be used to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6. Like, it's more comfortable, it's more comfortable for me to hear the commands of God than to hear and do the commands of God. Like, doing requires faith, which means that we come face to face with our fear, asking, can God be trusted? 
can God be trusted? And brothers, I, I 100% believe he can. Right? So he can be trusted. So I'm, I want to encourage you. Like there are many of you who are listening to this. You may have told somebody about your struggle at some point, but you know you need to tell somebody else. You know you need to get help. You can trust God. Like if you have felt God calling you to confess to somebody, could be your pastor, if he's called you to raise your hand and say, I need help, but you continue to put it off. That is just hearing and not doing. So where in your world are you ignoring what God is commanding you to do? I believe there's so much fruit that God desires to bear through you not through your perfect life, but through your imperfect life. Like, I don't identify with people who pretend to have their life put together because it's not just, it's just not true. It's hard to identify with those people. I identify with people who have faced the brutal facts, who have been in the pits, who who know that they're still going to go through a lot of difficult circumstances. So I think there's three phases to this life with Christ that I want to quickly share. I could probably do another uh, episode about this and maybe I will. I was thinking about this yesterday as I was uh, working out. There's the life of a student. So that's the life of learning. Right. So the life of the student is just learning, just learning, just listening. That's it. Just watching, not engaged, just going to church, leaving and living <laughs> the normal, a normal life. So that's phase one. Phase two is. What's beyond a student? Well, what's beyond a student is a disciple. This is not just learning, but this is living. Right? So the disciple not only hears the teacher and hears their master, but they, they start to imitate their behavior. They start to put in, into practice what they're learning. So so phase one is the student, phase two is the disciple, so learning, and then there's living, and then phase three is the evangelist, and that is men who are leading. So you look at the three phases, learning, living, and leading. You cannot go to leading without living. And that's what many, I'll confess, that's what I used to do. It was much easier for me to get up on Sunday morning and teach my Sunday school class 
pretending to lead them, but not leading them from what I was living. I was just leading them from what I was learning. It's easier for me to skip part two. That is being a hearer of the word and not a doer. That is being a hearer and pretending to be a teacher. But the natural progression is you become a student, then you become a disciple, you begin to put into practice the words of Christ, and then all of a sudden when, when you have experienced freedom in Christ, when you experience the joy of Christ, when you experience your fulfillment in Christ, you become an evangelist. Then the, the passage that I mentioned earlier, like bear one another's burdens, as Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, it's not easy, but it becomes your mission because you understand that so many brothers and sisters in Christ, and like God's called me specifically to a life of ministry for brothers in Christ who are struggling with pornography, like you will find your own way to bear your brother's burdens. But never skip the living, like learning, living, and then leading. I believe every man is a leader. Every man of God is called to be a leader, a not just a disciple, but a disciple maker. And to me, that's the evangelist part of it. And the evangelist is going out and sharing the good news, pointing to Christ, and then saying, let me show you what this looks like. Like, let me show you what it means to be real and tell the truth and to deal with your sin and to not pretend that you're perfect. <laughs> it's... Like we're in this perpetual cycle of hiding and shame because nobody wants to be real in church. Marriages crumble, fall apart. Pornography, dissension. Man, we need brothers who are real. We need brothers who are living what they're learning, that needs to be you. Then, then God will give you opportunity to lead. All right, brothers, the way is uncommon. It's uncomfortable, yet it is unstoppable. I will be back with more episodes. I'm going to pick up where I left off with um, this series, How to Quit Porn. And I've got a lot of new things that I'm going to be trying out, um, hopefully to better equip the saints, brothers with the opportunity to, to grow in Christ, to find freedom from pornography, and then also to lead other people through the same process. So be on the lookout for that. And I hope you guys have an awesome Saturday, I will be back with another episode of Porn and the Gospel.